Hi, I'm Megan Hillica, a grieving mother turned grief coach. I now support, guide, and offer tools to navigate the unthinkable of child loss to other moms who also know this pain. I help you go from empty, lost, and broken to learning to carry your grief and live alongside it. If there's one thing I want you to see, it's hope. Hope that there's life after loss. Hope that there's so much more for you and encouragement that you're normal. All of this is possible along with never forgetting or moving on from your baby or child. I'm holding on to hope for you until you are ready to hold it yourself. Welcome to Grieving Moms Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode number 62 called Carrying Grief. Today, I want to just share my method that I use to guide grieving mothers on their grief journey. I'm just really excited for this Sunday. It's when we start Relief and Grief. This is my three-day workshop for grieving moms, how to get through grief, how to get through this heavy, heavy, painful, emotional experience. So often it feels like we have no control. It feels like this happened and there's nothing we can do about it. And while grief is a natural response to loss, so often we can get stuck in cycling in the throes and the pains of our thoughts, emotions. And I just really want to give you the tools to help you learn that your grief experience can get lighter in a way that it's not doesn't go away, but it can get lighter and it doesn't have to have so much suffering. So join me in Relief and Grief. You can go to www.reliefandgriefsupportgroup.com. I just want to say really quick, it does cost $5. And this is because I want you to show up. I cannot help you and give you these tools if you don't show up, if you don't be a part of the group, if you don't join me on the calls. So I really, really want you to show up if you want to change your life, if you want to change your grief journey, if you are interested in doing the work and having a guide who has been there, who has been exactly where you are. And I have felt right where you are. And I also know what's on the so-called other side. I know what it's like to live joyously, to live alongside my grief, to know what it's like to accept my grief as a part of my lifelong journey and really just have a lot of joy in my life and like hope for my future. And I want to offer that to you as well. So go join that. And I want to dive into carrying grief. Like I said, this is the framework I use, and I want you to keep in mind that this isn't an exact step-by-step plan as all of our grief journeys are so different. They're all our own. But these are the principles that guide my coaching. And I created this as I learned through my own grief journey after my daughter Aria died, how I could process, experience, and move through grief. I imagine it like an ocean wave. Like the waves of grief come. And there's a really awesome story that I read right away when my daughter Aria died. It's actually, I read it on my podcast on like number three or something. I don't know. It's about the waves of grief. And it's just how the waves of grief right away are like 12 feet tall and they come every second and it feels like you're drowning and you can't stand up but as time goes on your legs get stronger and the waves come further apart they're maybe you know eight feet tall and you have a little bit more time in between them but they still come the waves never stop coming so anyways i also think of it like i imagine my body and how a river is flowing through my body and this is like the emotions like say an emotion comes and when i fight or run away from the emotions it's like i'm putting up a dam in my body 
So it backs up the emotions and they build up and they explode and harm my body in other ways, or they harm other people. Like they, that emotion says anger. Say we don't want to feel it. So we're trying to ignore it, pretend it doesn't exist. So we put up a dam in our body and that anger gets stuck there and either makes us sick or makes us really bitter or makes us really angry towards other people. And so I just really want to allow that river to flow through my body, not put up a dam, let the emotions flow through. And as they flow through, they really get lighter. And it's so, so incredible how often I work with grieving moms and they're like, but it feels so scary. It feels so scary to feel that anger or that pain or whatever it is. And then I work with them and I guide them through feeling it and processing it. And they're like, yeah, it's painful. It's like intense, but it's not as scary as it was in my mind. And it actually gets lighter when we dive into it. So anyways, that's just a little bit of my (laughs) background. But here's a method that I created to guide my work with grieving moms. I call it carrying grief because I truly believe that we can all learn to carry our grief. We don't get rid of grief. We don't even need to try. I don't want to get rid of my grief. I don't want my grief to fully disappear. Because my grief is a reminder of my daughter, Aria. It's a connection to her. I want to have grief. I want to know because it's, you know, the quote, the grief is just love with no place to go. And so I just want to learn to live and have a joyful life alongside of my grief. And I believe that all of us can, that you can, if you use these principles with your life and your grief, that your grief can shift and change as well. So I'll dive into it. Each letter stands for something. So C stands for curiosity. So often we leave with judgment. We judge ourselves in our grief. We judge other people. We judge other people as they're grieving. I'm not grieving correctly. Everyone else should support me better. I'm not grieving fast enough. I'm grieving too slowly. I'm not supposed to be feeling this way. This shouldn't be so hard. So much judgment. So much judgment to ourselves and others who are trying to support us and want to support you in the best way that they know how. So the first thing is noticing when you are leading with judgment instead of getting curious. So I really encourage my clients to get curious about their experience. Instead of saying that this shouldn't be so hard, say this is my experience. It's really interesting that this is how it feels. Like Getting curious about why you are acting a certain way or why someone else does it. Get curious as to your grief journey instead of judging it. Notice how it's going and what you can change and what you know is normal and totally okay on your grief journey. When we let go of judgment, so much changes. I can't even describe how much changes. It's just so incredible to me. Like when I stop judging, that this shouldn't be this way and I just allow it to be the way it is or I shouldn't have so much anxiety or I shouldn't be so worried and I just let it be the way it is without judging, it's like this whole weight gets lifted off my shoulders. So the next one, A, is awareness. And awareness is like one of the hardest things to do and is also one of the most important things to do. But you can't become aware if you don't allow yourself to get curious. So like I was saying, getting curious, first you get curious, first you ask the question, why am I acting this way? Why am I responding to this way? Or just noticing, getting curious, 
about your experience brings you to awareness. Becoming aware is one of the biggest parts of your grief journey. So often we are living in a place of reaction and surviving one moment to the next, especially after the death of your child or baby. And survival is truly a thing that we all need to embrace. Like, I know there's times where it's just, we need to survive when you are trying to ride the waves of pain and grief. But here's a question I have for you. While survival can be important and vital for a time, do you want to live the rest of your life in survival mode? Do you want to keep living this way? So this is about awareness, becoming aware of the patterns that you are living in your life. And with your grief, it might be a pattern of guilt. One of my coaching clients had this pattern that anytime she began to feel any joy or happiness, her brain brought her reasons for why she should feel guilty and sad instead. The guilt and sadness had become familiar and an easy pattern in her brain. And as she began to retrain her brain and learn how her thoughts created what she was feeling, she was able to begin to change that pattern. But she told me how important it was that she worked with me and somebody who understood that because she had talked about it with her mom over and over many times and nobody had ever said to her that you have this pattern of guilt and you don't let yourself have any joy ever because you keep bringing up this guilt again. But that wouldn't have happened without first becoming aware that this was a pattern. The next letter, R stands for relearning. If you remember as a child or if you watch a child, they, as children or when we were children or if you watch a child, they know how to feel and process their emotions. They scream, they kick, they yell, run, and they do whatever they need to do to get the emotional energy out of their bodies. As we grow up, we are taught that crying is not okay, the feeling of anger is bad, that we should do better and be better to others. So we begin to stuff and hide our emotions. And I really believe that God gave our emotions to us as a gift and that they are super important to process and flow through. I want to bring up anger for an example, because a lot of grieving moms have a hard time with feeling anger because it's bad. Maybe you think you're a bad person if you feel anger. And yes, anger is an intense emotion and it can truly, truly lead to detrimental things if it's not processed. And it can explode and turn you bitter. It can hurt you and it can hurt others. But here's the thing that's if it's not processed. If it's not dealt with in a healthy manner, that's what happens. But shoving it down and trying not to feel it at all is only making things worse instead of processing, allowing us to, allowing the anger to flow through you so it doesn't keep affecting you the rest of your life. It doesn't mean you might, you know, it might keep coming up and you just allow it to flow through instead of shoving it down and building, 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 building up this anger. So I guide my grieving mamas through how to process and experience and release these emotions. The second R stands for releasing. This can be one of the hardest things. If you think of the things that you don't want in your life and you have, like you don't want to feel guilt, but you do and continually cycle through the guilt thoughts. You are holding on to the guilt for a reason. You say this guilt is so awful, you don't want to have it. You say you have a lot of anger, you don't want to have it. But there's a reason that it's there and it's serving a purpose in your life and your grief journey. As I work with clients, we uncover why they might be holding on to that guilt. And then they get to decide if they want to continue holding on to that guilt or not. 
I will never tell someone that it's time to let go of something, but I guide them and help them work through it so that they get to decide when and if they are ready to let go of something. I want to bring up this analogy of a suitcase. Imagine a suitcase that you are carrying the suitcase behind you. It's a really, really heavy suitcase and it's your grief. Inside the suitcase, you have thoughts, judgments, emotions, relationships, expectations, so many things in the suitcase that make it so heavy. It just weighs you down as you drag it behind you. And as you process and let go of things, the suitcase gets lighter. It gets lighter as you release different expectations or as you process these emotions or you allow yourself to think thoughts that don't cause so much suffering in your life. But at the end of the day, you still have the suitcase. The suitcase is still there, but some of the things within the suitcase have gotten lighter so it gets easier to carry that suitcase around you. Grief is going to still be there, always. We are not getting rid of grief. No, <laughs> like, And I think as many of you would say, same as me, that you don't want to get rid of grief. But as you do this work, it can get lighter and easier. And I am so honored to guide women like you through this. It's just so amazing for me to be able to sit with women and watch them process and move through their grief experience in their own way. So the last one of the carrying grief is the why, and it stands for you. Learning to care for yourself and love yourself is a huge step to allowing yourself to grieve in the way that you want and need to. If you're anything like me, losing your child or baby changes you in a irreversible way. It changes who you are. It changes what you believed about yourself. There, like I just didn't know who I was. I didn't know, you know, what I liked. I didn't know what I believed about, you know, pregnancies and babies and like just it changes it shatters the foundation of like everything just that doesn't happen to you that child loss doesn't happen to you or baby loss and I think it's so important to learn how to take care of yourself to love yourself self-care and taking the time for yourself gets a really bad rap because we think we are being selfish or that's been taught that if you take care of yourself if you you know honor your emotions or your feelings or needing that time or space or whatever it is that you're being selfish. But this is what I've learned, that the better you take care of yourself, the better you take care of your emotions, the more time you make to care for your grief, the better mother, wife, friend, human you are. This has been something that has been critical. I have seen it in myself. I've seen it in others. The less that I don't take care of myself and I'm more stressed and angry and frustrated, I am really snappy at my children. I'm really quick to be angry. I'm a snappy wife. And the more time and space I allow to care for myself mentally, and it's not even just having to, you know, spend hours and hours. I think just acknowledging that self care is just little decisions in your day that you can learn to love yourself, like choosing to think thoughts, more positive thoughts about yourself instead of berating yourself all the time. It's, you know, this is an example I've shared a few times is like, you know, sitting down and when I eat my food, I don't get up and help other people anymore after I've already served them all and they're wanting seconds and like, nope, I'm sitting down eating my food. I'll help you when I'm done. So it's just little things throughout your day. It doesn't even mean like 
I think we think as moms, we have to sacrifice everything for everybody around us. And it's just really taking some time to be like, no, I'm not everybody's floor mat. I can do something for myself. I can be something for myself and caring for yourself in that way. So I just really believe that the more you love yourself and stop judging yourself, the less you judge others and have more space and love for them. So this is my personal opinion. You can take it or leave it that loving yourself and caring for yourself is far from selfish, but it's a beautiful gift that builds and magnifies to those around you. So anyways, that's the guy that I use when I coach the moms I work with. I really like it. I think it's really important to reach all of those aspects. So often people only dive into just the thoughts, just like what's going on in our mind. And I think it's so important to dive into what's going on in our, bo- in our bodies as well. So I bring a lot of thought, like there's a bottom up and top down processing, talking about that where you process like in your thoughts or you're, you know, speaking, say you go to therapy, but bottom up processing is like feeling in your body, emotions, experiencing the sensations in your body. And I really bring both of those together within my coaching practice. And I just, I really think it's a beautiful thing to have both. So if you want to be a part of the work I'm doing and be a part of kind of seeing how your grief can begin to get lighter and shift from a heavy weight to a cloud that comes and goes, come join Relief and Grief. You can go to www.reliefandgriefsupportgroup.com to join this three-day event with two bonus days. And we're going to dive into how you can get through grief. If you are feeling lost, stuck, and so, so tired of feeling this way, this is for you. Again, go to reliefandgriefsupportgroup.com. I cannot wait to see you in there. I really, really hope today's episode was helpful for you. And if you like this podcast, hit subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode because I know that this has helped so many of you and I don't want you to miss all the help that you can get. So see you next week, friend. You are doing amazing and the best you know how. Hugs. Bye-bye. While this episode of Grieving Moms podcast is over, you can join me and other grieving mothers in my free Facebook group to continue conversations of all things life after child loss. Go to www.meganhillica.com slash community to join us there. If you like this podcast, could you please share it with other grieving mothers so that they can also find hope and life after loss and to know that they are never alone.